0: Florida Gators recruiting is about to get active during this June visit window. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WMS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole nine sports, Giants, country, NFL 33. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash Lockdown College. And when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting insider. And Brian, we're, we're getting into it with this 2024 class because, I mean, official visit season is right around the corner. And there's some guys that are planning visits, some guys that have already set it up. But we're going to start with David Stone, who... Uh is the talk of the town in the lockdown college channel. And uh I know yes, you spoke about him quite a bit today. You're gonna to do it a little more. I'm sorry. But what kind of player is the highly sought after David Stone?
1: He is a one gap get up the field defensive lineman that is also 290 pounds. Those things are not normally put together. Uh, Stone has the physical force to one-arm a guy and push him into the backfield and that guy being a 315-pound offensive guard. So that's why his offer list is literally from the University of Washington to the University of Miami. He has mentioned both those schools to me in an interview before. So elite player, Florida has done a great job getting involved with him. When I interviewed him the other day, it was one of the schools that he talked most about. So the Gators are definitely involved with Stone, and that is a good thing. They need D linemen.
0: Yeah, uh, k- kind of, kind of, really do. <laughs> but,
1: um, yes, they do.
0: Yeah, when you have the physical profile that David Stone has, and I- I'm just curious in for in terms of recruiting here, because obviously one of the things that comes up is like we can get guys to the NFL. When you have the physical profile that David Stone has, do you think they're maybe like, hey, like Jervon Dexter just got drafted pretty high, and they use that as a selling point as like that that gap shooting kind of guy, which is kind of what they asked Javon Dexter to do when he wasn't getting double teamed last year?
1: Well, I think Florida's history with defensive linemen in general is something to look at. Um, Before your time, but they had a guy named Carter uh, that was a longtime player that was a beast in the NFL. They've just had so many defensive linemen. Of course, Javon Kurz, et cetera. That's the first thing you start with, and then you talk about the recent history. Why aren't you next? Sure, why wouldn't you use that? I would, and I'm sure you would too if you were in in Napier's seat. So that's part of it, but the bigger sell is the one that kids really want to hear regardless of what logo is on the shirt recruiting them, playing time. Florida has done a good job of recruiting them. He really enjoys their staff. He's told me that, but it's a situation where if he goes there, they have an advantage because he's probably going to play earlier than he would some other schools that are recruiting because they don't have the same kind of depth chart at Florida right now, which is surprising. But Florida's talent on the D line needs an extra jolt to get them to that next level. It's not a news flash, and Stone can can take them there because he's a kid that can come in and be a pass rusher on the interior, which is the rarest of rare, pretty much from day one.
0: Yeah, that was the thing that I wanted to talk about too. Where you mentioned he, he can work on the interior. Florida's twenty twenty three recruiting class, they brought in a lot of guys on the front four, but a lot of them are more defensive line edge type of hybrids where. David Stone kind of gives you the more interior presence that you didn't really get in 2023. So how does that kind of sell into it as well, where you're going to get early playing time, you're going to be one of the better interior defensive linemen immediately here, assuming most of those guys stay at the five tech or the stand up jack role.
1: I think it's perfect because, again, it's playing time. Hey, we've got the talent over here on the edge to play next to you. You can be the final piece. Everybody likes to hear that the guy that gets you over the top, right? I mean, that again, this is logic. Stone would be probably no worse than in the two deep. I would think by the end of September in 2024, and maybe even a starter by the end of the third or fourth game, it wouldn't shock me. He has that kind of talent. I don't like projecting interior D lineman to play as freshman very much at all, let alone start, but he's a rare talent. I think he's the best interior D lineman of the country. So, if you're going to put him in the conversation to play, it might as well be in conversation to start because Florida's depth chart, is not dominant anyway. And you never know who's going to leave too with today's world of transfer portal. So come on down, David, you can play with some other really good guys, but you're our guy at D tackle. That's kind of what I expect them to do.
0: And the last thing on David stone is he's at IMG right now, which we know Florida has finally actually got some commits from because you know, Lord knows that wasn't happening before with Dan Mullen, but finally in there. But Davidson is initially from Oklahoma. I believe, I believe Dell City is where he's initially from. Florida has a few kids that Billy Napier brought in and Sean Spencer, defensive line coach, brought in. And Chris McLellan on the defensive line, who's a freshman that rotated in, and quarterback Max Brown, who hasn't played, but you got two freshmen from Oklahoma. Does it kind of help Florida in his recruitment to go, hey – like, yeah, I know you're coming from Oklahoma to uh, Gainesville, which you were just in Bradenton, which not that far. And then now we've got some little, little taste of Oklahoma on the roster here, even in your own position group.
1: I think it does. Familiarity sells. Uh, that's in any line of work or any any line of social situation. You're going to be more comfortable. And again, from talking to Stone this past week, we're, a bunch of us were at IMG, a bunch of media members at their spring game He's got a good relationship with the staff anyway at the University of Florida. So Spencer and those guys, you know, they've, they've done what they need to do. But if you're going to land him, because his offer list is insane, Miami wants him, Oklahoma wants him, Oregon wants him, Michigan State wants him, etc. You're going to have to do something a little different. So having some familiarity with a couple of the other guys on the, on the roster, man, that helps. Who wants to go somewhere they don't know anybody? So definitely.
0: I've mentioned them before, but I'm mentioning them again, because I do truly genuinely love my bird dogs so much. Like, again, I love them so much that I like, they sent us some, and then I went and bought more of them. That's how much I love bird dogs. Like I, they're so comfortable for me. I I've mentioned this many times. I sweat a lot. Like I'm one of those people who sweat, humid, get it, but. Um, nice and comfortable and my bird dogs can go for a swim in the pool can get out of the pool and still wear those you can use them as bathing suits or not they're great go to birddogs.com locked on college and when you enter promo code locked on college they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order and also on the defense which is going to be the focal point of today we're going to talk about uh, xavier mince who's a safety for florida and they, they've been Hitting safety hard in this class so far, but what kind of player is Xavier?
1: Athlete. Um, I saw him a couple of years ago, and I'm like, who the heck is that? He's a kid that is extremely long. He's at least 6 Um, two. He's been playing corner most of his career. I think he'll end up at safety. Teams project him at different spots. Very intelligent kid off the field, but very competitive on it as well can run and change direction. Unlike most kids, his size, usually when a kid gets up over six foot, it gets iffy of whether or not they can play corner. He's still in that conversation at six two, maybe six, two and a half. So that gives you some perspective on his physical traits. And he's a physical kid too. So he'll come up and stick somebody. I think ideally long-term he's a free safety. He just has to learn the system and whatnot. And he's the kind of young man, intellectually know, actually they can pick up the playbook.
0: That, Sounds amazing. Um, Florida victorious, throw as much money as you can at this kid because, well, a ton of box safeties on the team, not really any true yeah. free safeties there for a team that wants to play a lot of cover three. You should probably have <laughs> some guys that can do that. With Xavier Mincy, I feel like there was a good deal of smoke around him around the spring game. It was Xavier Phil sam committed the halftime. And you kind of had some traction there and then it it kind of died down for Florida and really a lot of teams. I haven't heard much about with Xavier Mincy other than we still want him. Is there a little bit of cause for concern for a Florida Gators fan base that at least feels like they're the public perception front runner here?
1: I just think it's, he's a typical Florida kid that's going to let it play out. Um, Having met him several times, nice guy. It's nothing personal. He's going to take his visits and make his decision when he wants. Even if he committed to Florida in 10 days, it wouldn't change what Napier and his staff did. He's still going to be recruited by Florida State. Nick Saban's still going to recruit him, et cetera, et cetera. He's, you know, he, he's a kid that can go to numerous SEC and ACC schools and beyond. This is a signing day deal whether he's committed or not. Never
0: forget that. Yeah, this feels like one of those times where uh... – I feel like people might need to be reminded that when a kid commits to not Florida and Florida keeps touching base with them. When someone commits to Florida, other schools still do still do keep in touch with them. They're not just like, ah, dang it. Billy Napier got him. But um, how, do, how would Xavier Mincy kind of impact the Florida Gators 2024 class where they already have Xavier Filsaime committed. They have Josiah Davis committed you, you, he would be your third safety here. And you know, you brought in a good amount of DBs last year, no corners yet, but, but working early on safety. So how would that kind of just change this class in general?
1: I think it's a fit in terms of what you mentioned earlier. He can play in the deep secondary. He's a long and rangy kid. You could never have enough of those in today's we're <laughs> taking a shot over your head, offensive world. That is college football. And he also has corner skills. So Some of the other guys, they might move. Nickel safety, they could play in situations, the dime package, and they're still going to compete with him. They needed more help back there. This is ultimately a competition. That's the number one thing to remember. They don't know who's going to win the job. You know, Mincy might have the best skill, but that doesn't mean he's going to produce the most. They needed numbers there, so Billy and his staff went out, and they started offering kids that thought they could play for the Gators. Now they're bringing them in for visits. This is just middle point right now kind of where we're at and what they need three safeties in this class. Maybe, maybe at a corner, they could play safety too, just to be safe. You just don't know. So it, until you can do that, you're not going to beat Georgia. You're not, heck, you're going to struggle to beat South Carolina or Kentucky. And that's the bottom line. They, they need more help in the secondary.
0: Yeah. And for Xavier Mincy, he's, you know, like you mentioned, he played corner a lot projecting to safety, When you're Xavier Minzy, looking at the Florida Gators as a potential commitment spot, Corey Raymond is obviously the selling point in the secondary. Last year, he was just corners, while Patrick Tony was safeties as well. Now, Now, it's all Corey Raymond. He's got the whole secondary. How does that kind of work as a selling point where you could play corner, you could play safety? Either way, Corey Raymond, the guy who's developed so many defensive backs into the NFL, is going to be your position coach.
1: I think that's a big sell. I mean, everybody wants to get a chance to get paid and play in the NFL, right? I mean, if you don't, do you really need to be at the University of Florida? I mean, to play football on scholarship? Probably not. Yeah, he's a, he's a guy that's a draw. His name is brought up in a lot of conversations talking about defensive backs in the state of Florida and, and what he was at LSU, et cetera, et cetera. There's no doubt that's got to help. He's a very likable guy. He's a really good recruiter, and his sex, success speaks for itself. So that's going to help the Gators.
0: Definitely. And moving back down to the front four, there's one last player to talk about in LJ McCray, who, I mean, I, I, the buzz has been going around with LJ in Florida and just their interest in him. What kind of player and recruit is LJ McCray?
1: The length and the frame are exactly what you're looking for. He's off a computer screen, six, five, maybe six six, two fifty 250 plus plus, uh, he's a kid that could weigh 300 pounds if he wanted, or keep some of the weight off and be a strong side end. He probably ends up being a swing player, meaning he can play edge on some plays, but move inside and play three technique. If he lines up in front of a guard on third and eight, good luck to the guard. Very long arms. His levers were going to allow him to keep offensive players away from him. And his foot speed for his size is abnormal, too. Uh, ironically, he's one of Mincy's teammates at Mainland High School, so they've got a pretty good roster. But uh, he's he's a rare kid in terms of physical traits. He just hasn't really narrowed it down a ton yet. I have no idea where that kid's going to go. But Florida's got the first visit on the second of June, and you just got to keep riding it out, brother.
0: Yeah, and we talked about David Stone earlier, who's more of an interior guy, and how that would lead to early playing time because Florida's twenty twenty three class was a whole bunch of you know defensive and or defensive line edge kind of tweeners instead of the interior. LJ McCray, I mean, build-wise, feels like a defensive end edge kind of guy. How would he kind of fit into this room that you added so many young players in 2023 at that same spot, and they're clearly interested in adding more guys who could play the stand-up Jack linebacker role or hand-in-the-dirt defensive end five-tech spot?
1: I think that's just a may-the-best-man win. Um, it's no different than like when urban was there. If he signed a five-star DN, he tried to go get another one. That's it's just numbers. Whoever wins the jobs, whoever wins the job. And he's a very specific kid with the length too. the arm length is very important. So McCray may look the same in some regards, but his frame is a little bit different. And he gives some options that you just can't teach. I think because of that, you're talking about a young man that's probably going to play early,
0: no matter where he goes. And long term, obviously, this is somewhat impossible to project. But but long term, do you think L.J. McCray would be the kind of player that's better equipped to be an edge guy, or like you mentioned, you know, maybe, maybe pack on some pounds and and play play on the interior more, or maybe instead of being you mm-hmm. know, jack linebacker slash D end, be d tackle slash dn kind of play the three to five tech instead of the five to stand up jack
1: he's going to be a power player so five to three um he's not going to be a stand-up guy he's going to outgrow that uh he'll be 275 or bigger um if he can play jack at that size he's gonna be the first pick in the draft so um yeah that's not a normal size but he's he's a kid that can play some on the edge now on third and eight offensive tackle better be ready for him to bend the edge He's going to have those kind of skills. He's still learning technique and all that. But the physical traits, absolutely. He, he can play edge, definitely.
0: And before I let you go, I will ask about, we, we spend a lot of time talking about defensive front players here with David Stone. And that, right? Something that Florida Gators' new defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong, does and that Patrick Toney last year did was occasionally drop the defensive end into coverage. How does that kind of work if you're a player like lj mccray where you're kind of that defensive end spot where you know are you kind of just like yeah dropping into coverage is cool shows versatility are you like well i want to rush the passer every single play and so i don't want to do that does that kind of is that an advantage or disadvantage from florida side of things
1: i think that's something they would have to talk to him about and just find out if he's comfortable with even the idea of it if it came up Usually it's going to be more of the stand-up guy that does that, but there are some zone blitz schemes that you can do with that. Maybe it happens, but I, I don't think it's going to be a major factor. You want him going downhill. So uh, don't waste his skills and coverage.
0: Thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Catch him all throughout the Locked On College channel, talking David Stone this entire week, and on Locked On Gators every single week. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Tomorrow, we are going to talk about how the 2023 recruiting class can really change this Florida Gators offense for 2023 and beyond. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole9Sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.